Hello everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri. This is our 42nd episode. We are approaching one year rather quickly. We're going to do something special for you. Joining me, as always, my pal down in Cali, Taylor Wells. What's up, man? How's it going? Just uh, enjoying a nice little birthday day. So it's your birthday. How old are we turning today, Taylor? Uh, the unfortunate age of 29. It's that year in between youth and the crushing darkness that is your 30s. You know, 30's not that bad. It's, I thought it might be crushing. Uh, it's, it's not that bad. I, I'm 31. I mean, you I mean, your body just deteriorates. It's all downhill. You know, you, you're out of shape. Your bones hurt. But hey, other than that, it's pretty good. I mean, if you're the example I have to look forward to, <laughs> then I, I'd rather just not. Well, I hope that you make it to 30, because uh, I don't fancy finding a new co-host for this show. So, happy birthday to you, my friend. What you doing today? Oh, thank you, bro. Um, I'm working, mostly, such as recording this cast and then doing some writing projects. But uh, then I'll be having a nice dinner with my mom at a good steakhouse. Well... I hope that uh, you get everything you want and more on your birthday. And we are going to give you, the listeners, everything you want and more. One of our favorite things to do on this show is to give back and to be the most interactive Zelda show that we possibly can. So we took a bunch of your questions and we are going to be giving uh, our answers on them. Some of them, you know the drill by now, some of them are kind of silly, some of them are actually pretty thought-provoking. So we're going to dive into that, but first... I wanted to talk a little bit about Horizon Zero Dawn, and I don't want to talk too much about it because I actually think that we're going to do a show into this and we're going to dive in long form in the future, but I've been playing that um, for the last week, two weeks or so. I played it a lot last week while I was sick, actually, and uh, I really, really like it. It's a really enjoyable game, and the reason that I bring it up here is it is very very breath of the wild like you can really see the comparisons um taylor you said that you you haven't played it but you've watched the whole thing basically from start to finish what uh, what were your what were your impressions on horizon zero dawn without spoilers i might add right um the game is fundamentally it's it's very sound it plays very well and it looks amazing like th- this is one of the best graphical games i've se- uh, uh, seen in probably a few years um it it definitely has an interesting aesthetic to it as well like especially with how it treats not just its story but also kind of like the world and so um, let, let's and, just catch everybody up here that doesn't know what Horizon is really quickly. Um, it, it's yeah. basically, it came out about three weeks before Breath of the Wild. So it already kind of had that link to the game before. But it is an open world game. You play as a outcast named Aloy. Um, and she is is basically running around the world trying to find out why, instead of instead of animals in this game... Uh, they're machine animals, and you they're they're deteriorating and becoming more and more violent. And it's up to her basically to find out why and, and try and stop it. So, very 
very kind of cool concept. It's it's old meets new, where obviously civilization was advanced enough at one point to make these high-tech machines, but it is digressed, and it's now kind of a uh, a primitive world, if you will. I, f- I feel it's more... I, I mean, I I hate to disagree with you, buddy, but I I think it's much more of a kind of like a a hybrid between. Um, oh man, I just had it in my head. Uh, it's a hybrid more like Metal Gear Solid Five, I want to say, and like Mass Effect Andromeda, and maybe even uh, Shadows of Mordor, Shadows of War. It has that kind of vibe to it to me, that more so than Zelda, if only because, I don't know, like the, it feels a lot more RPG-ish than, than Zelda does. Mm, I'll give you Mass Effect, but uh, I, I think that there is a lot of similarities to Breath of the Wild specifically, not to Zelda as a whole, as a series, but to Breath of the Wild in there. I, I think it, it's a lot of the the same kind of undercurrent there. Um, so I'm really, oh, I'm really enjoying it so bit? far. I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said, you want to explain that a bit? Um, per- and, and I mean, perhaps it's just that they came out in and around the same time, but both games, you are, you know, traversing a giant, uh, open world. Uh, both games kind of deal with your hero fighting technology that's gone wrong. The guardians and breath of the wild and, um, all of the, all of the life forms, in this game as well. Uh, and the aesthetic is, I mean, obviously the aesthetic for Breath of the Wild and Horizon aren't the same, but in the, in the context of like, you, you kind of explore a lot of the same areas, your snowy region, jungle, etc., etc. Um, a lot of that feels the same to me. So I, I think as a general principle, they, they share some undercurrents. I mean, obviously when, when you break it down there, there are very different games, but to me, they share they share a lot in common. Um, and again, not with Zelda as a whole, but with Breath of the Wild and what a radical departure that was from the rest of the Zelda games. That's fair enough. So yeah, I've been playing it. Uh, I'm probably about 20 hours in. I uh, really enjoy it so far. And uh, I, I do, I want to dive a little bit deeper into into the game to see exactly it, and maybe do a deeper analysis about what it is to me that makes it share those qualities with breath of the wild um i think it'd be interesting to see especially from someone who uh, obviously sounds like you don't really agree with me on that so maybe we'll maybe we'll do that in the future but right now sounds like a plan to me right now we are going to go to our trusty handy mailbag we're going to open it up we're going to answer a bunch of questions that you guys asked and we're going to have a fun time with it taylor are you ready I am prepared. All right. The first question, and probably my favorite question of this whole bunch, comes from a friend of the show, Gooey Fame. He asked, what N64 series most needs a comeback? Can I say Ocarina of Time? No. You cannot. Oh. I mean, in that case... I'd probably say either Banjo-Kazooie or Diddy Kong Racing. Um, yeah, I was going to cheat and say pretty much every single Rare game. And uh... Oh, oh, Conker's Bad Fur Day. 
Well, my my immediate answer, we, me and Gooey were talking about this the other day in, in private, and uh, my immediate answer was Perfect Dark. And then my, after I thought about it for like another 10 seconds, I was like, Banjo-Kazooie. And then I thought about it again, I'm like, and they should make a Conquer game too. And then I was just like, well, they might as well make Killer Instinct. So basically my answer turned out to be every single Rare game that Microsoft acquired. Because they acquired the properties to a ton of, of franchises when they bought Rare, but really just seems like they've squandered that. You had Perfect Dark oh, Zero. Hold on. Uh, okay, go ahead. Hold on a minute, because Killer Instinct did have a revival. It had a game that it released, I think, uh, four or five years ago. It did. And it was... Yeah, and it had a bunch of DLC for it and everything. Um, it actually it might have been longer than that because I think it was an Xbox One. It was an and, Xbox One uh, launch game, is what it was. Yeah, launch game. So it was like what six years ago. Well, so this this is the premise behind why I say almost every single rare game because you had Perfect Dark Zero, which launched on the 360 as a launch title. You had a, a kind of an online but not online remake of Conquer's Bad Fur Day. So it, it wasn't really a new title but it wasn't really like it didn't distinguish itself enough to be anything really you had this weird banjo kazooie nuts and bolts game which was correct me if i'm wrong it was almost like a racer or something like that where you built your own stuff it it wasn't a platformer that banjo fans wanted and killer instinct came out at the launch of the xbox one as a free-to-play game that you know you could buy all this dlc for whereas I think it might have been a little bit more successful had you released it like an Injustice or like a Mortal Kombat or something like that, you know. So it, it seems like we've got these these entries into the franchises and all four of them seem to kind of be a swing and a miss. And it seems like Microsoft is like, all right, well, whatever, I'm not making those anymore. But it just seems weird to me that they paid so much money for Rare to get those intellectual properties and then... They haven't used them. It does, like, does that seem strange to you? Yeah, I I wonder really if it's less so that they haven't done anything with it and more so that they've been working on stuff and they just haven't been ready to talk about it yet. But, you know, also knowing Microsoft, they've got their hands full with a whole bunch of different you know, series between Halo and Gears of War, so... Right, and, he, and we'll you know what, what you this is this acquisition happened back in 2002, so it feels like by now you, you should have seen, like, two or three Banjo games, another Conquer, like, more than what we've got. Um, I think Banjo-Kazooie has a ton of, of name recognition still, and, you know, look at Super Mario Odyssey. People are into those games still. There, there's a market for for that game still look at uh, look at ukulele that just came out that did a really it was received really well and you know did really good numbers and i i really do think that there is a market still for those so it, it's curious to me why banjo kazooie hasn't had an entry in it in god knows how long and perfect dark too i think maybe the name value on that is diminished a little bit but you know you, you have it it's a really cool unique shooter setting why not use it Maybe they're scared that they won't be able to do it right. Well, I guess, but I mean, I think, I think as a fan, you'd always rather see them try than kind of do nothing. But uh, I don't know. I think a lot of Mass Effect fans might disagree with you there. I mean, you and I agree that Andromeda was was pretty 
pretty decent, but there's quite a large population out there who uh, says, hey, I wish you hadn't come out with this. You know what? I'm going to tell a story really quickly. There is a user in our Discord. His name is definitely not Bowsette, so shout out if you listen to this. Um, and he was just smack talking Mass Effect Andromeda for yeah. for a while. And I was like, dude, it's a good game. It's not as good as the first three. I'll give you that. But it's a good game. It's not this awful game that everybody likes to uh, say that it is. And so he's like, oh, it was terrible. It was just awful. And I was like, if you play it again, I guarantee you, you will think it's a good game. And he did. And after he played it, he was like, you're right. This is a good game. It's not as good as the first there are some legitimate problems here, here, and here, and he had very legitimate points, but it's not a bad game. It really isn't. And honestly, the way he discussed it beforehand, it sounded a lot like he was you know, rating the game pretty low on the totem pole, like I'm saying, maybe 1 or 2 on the 1 to 10 scale. And he ended up rating it uh, 6.5, I believe. Which, you know, I, I've... I would rate it a little bit higher, but I th- I think that that's probably fair. Um, I just think that... I'd give it a 7.5. You know, people feed into that narrative about how, oh, it had this troubled developmental and it's going to be awful and all the facial animations are, are wonky and whatever. Um, and and I, you know what? I just think that people, again, wanted to believe that it was going to be this this car crash and fed into that. And, it, you know, it wasn't that bad. I was actually talking to a coworker yesterday about Mass Effect and just Bioware in general because he was asking me questions about Anthem. And I told him, you know, for for the game that we got with Andromeda, I honestly think that it's got the best combat. It's got the best gameplay like in terms of like when you're exploring out and you're fighting enemies and stuff like that, like I really enjoyed the depth of that system. And I think it was really the the ultimate evolution of what Mass Effect 2 kind of tried to start. And, you know, I know a lot of people laud Mass Effect 2 for everything that it did, but I felt in that game like you were so limited with what you could do, with what weapons you could use and things like that. So I, f- I feel like Andromeda kind of gave me what I was hoping for in Mass Effect 2. And I really appreciated it for that. And I think that by itself gives it a 7, 7.5 for me. Yeah, all, all I can say is that I enjoyed Andromeda. I had a fun time playing it. And I played a lot of hours into it. So um, Same. So there you go. What Xbox 360 title most needs to come back? Mass Effect. Yeah, for sure. You know what? I'd also say Dragon Age. Dragon Age, is, I think they just announced a new Dragon Age. Or maybe they dropped a teaser for Dragon Age. One of the two. But oh, it, did they? One, one I is must coming. have missed it. Yeah. Um, circling back to the N64, though, if I had to pick just absolutely one, I would say Perfect Dark. I was a huge, huge, huge fan of Perfect Dark back in the day. So, there you go. That's a great choice. Um, I, I, For my final choice, I'd say Conquer. That game was just so funny and so so out there that, you know, I, I would really love to see another one of those uh, in this day and age and see what they could do all uh, with more modern. You know, more, I wonder, uh, though, a lot of uh, a lot of Conquer's notoriety came from how, like, controversial, controversial for lack of a better word, it was back then. And I think that... In 2019 today, a lot of that wouldn't really be controversial at all. So I, I do wonder how that would do in a modern setting. I would I would like to see that too. I I'd like to know see all about of them. that. Some of those jokes 
I think you could argue that some of it would be a lot more controversial, and then, yes, others would be a lot less. But I think just that type of game and that kind of, uh, you know, it's very Grand Theft Auto-y, but in a less sardonic, serious sense, and more in a just, this is... We're straight up slapsticking you here. Well, I think a lot of that, a lot of the game's buzz too, came from the fact that it was Nintendo that put it out because it was just such right. a a non Nintendo thing to do. So I I would be super interested to see how Conquer would do nowadays. But of course, hashtag Diddy Kong Racing Deluxe 2019. Let's make it happen. Best kart racer ever, still to this day. I'm on 22 board. years later. Fight me if you disagree. If, if you announce that, I'll, I'll put down the money. Proxen Dreeper asks, what is your favorite Korok seed that you found in Breath of the Wild and why? Oh, God. Let me tell you something. After the 400th Korok seed, they all kind of blend together. Um, but I, I do have a story. I do have a story. I was at the, the like absolute north the, the most north point of the map that you could get, kind of in between Hebra and, uh, and Death Mountain, and there was a a singular box of, of, of rocks, right? Like, this, there's no other rocks around, but there was a singular box of rocks, and of course, it's missing the one that tells you that you need to put a single stone here, and the Korok is going to pop up. And I walked for the entire perimeter, like, back and forth, like, pretty much into Hebra, pretty much into Death Mountain, looking for a stone, and could not find one the moment that i finally did find one there's a white lionel just walking around back and forth so i never got that korok seed i never came back to it hmm well i i distinctly recall writing a dd uh quite some time ago last year that dealt with kind of sort of this very notion and i believe it was something along the lines along the lines of you know what has how's your opinion about Korok's change since the Korok seed golden poop uh, for lack debacle. of a better word phenomenon yeah debacle that's a great word for it um i think honestly the fact that i went out and i got all 900 for the 100% completion was bad enough but I guess if I had to pick a favorite, I would say it's probably the one that I needed to finally complete my inventory expansion. And this one was one I found actually... (laughs) I found it in my first playthrough before I had to restart my save file because of another incident. But um, I went to Great Plateau and there's a Korok Sea that you can find off to your left... Uh, once you go down the trail past the old man, you go down uh, the pathway, and if you go to the right, you go towards that Temple of Time, and you go to the left, you know there's that like indented forest area um, with a bunch of different moblins and, and creatures and stuff like that. And there's this one rock. Um, it's like closest, close-ish to the mountain, and then there's like this uh, kind of tube type uh wood wood thing nearby but i i totally forgot that that korok seed was there even though i had already gotten in a previous playthrough and so i'm looking for like my last one to complete my inventory 
And I was just like, well, screw it. I'll just go back to the Great Plateau and see what I see what I can find. And I ended up picking that one up, and I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe I missed this. Was that so, – uh, That would probably be my favorite one. Was the Korok mask out by then, the one that kind of uh, leads you to the seeds? Uh, no, I don't believe so. I think I did – I completed my 100% playthrough, I think, about two or three m- months before the first DLC came out. Or maybe a no, maybe a month. Cat asks if you could add another race to the land of Hyrule, what would they be like? Where would they live? This is such a great question. It is a very good question. Um, so to to break this down, I would have to think of like what area hasn't been represented. So you have your fire race in the Gorons, you have your water in Zoras, you have your your tree race in the Koroks, you have your birds and in the retail um what like what are we missing basically my immediate thought when i read this question was to say like a snow type of a race but i guess i mean you kind of have the yetis so maybe half my answer would be i'd like to see an expanded uh role for the yetis i think that'd be cool you know go see yeti village see what those guys are are up to see where that see where that guy came from um and yeah, but that's kind of cheating because they're already in. I the know game. it's kind of cheating, but that's that's all I got so far here. So, uh, take it away. What do you got? Let me give me a moment to think here. I think you know I it's really hard too because when I saw this question, I was trying to think. I I spent like fifteen minutes just sitting there staring at my dinner, trying to think of what I would actually add, and. It's so tough, but I think maybe like a a reptilian kind of race. I I guess the closest analogy would be like an Argonian from the Elder Scrolls series. It's kind of like a a walking lizard or something like that. And I mean, I know we already have Lizalfos, but I'm thinking more of like an actually intelligent Zelda reptilian race. Maybe that were enemies or something of... Zolfos and Dinolfos in a previous uh, previous lifetime or legend or whatnot, and they were exiled or they were um, like they were run and driven out of their lands, and they come back to Hyrule, and you know they're looking to settle down, and maybe they're at war with with the Zolfos, and I think that would be kind of like a a cool concept to maybe explore. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um. I was gonna, I was gonna cheat and say I'd, I'd always like to see like a race of dragons because there's, there's yeah. dragons, you know, here and there throughout uh, the various tales through Hyrule. So to see if they're sentient, if they're just where they came from, so that would be my my generic answer. I, but I think that'd be really cool. Mido asks, which series shopkeepers do you think run their businesses the best? I think the answer is obvious. But, Taylor Wells, what do you think? Uh, well, can we define this question a little bit more? Like, what is, does he mean, like, just series in general of games? Or is he talking about, like, Zelda specifically? Uh, I, I think he's talking about Zelda specifically. And if he's not, I've, I've, uh, I've called an audible and we're talking about Zelda specifically. I would totally say Ocarina of Time. Like, those guys are freaking price gougers, and they survive no matter what, even though Ganon's been blowing up the whole country. So, 
All right, but who in Ocarina Those of Time? Those guys find a way. Huh? Who who in particular in Ocarina of Time? Uh, okay, I would say the bizarre shop owner. So he starts off in Hyrule Castle. He's doing pretty well selling Highland Shields for 80 rupees a pop. Then uh, old Ganon comes in, wrecks the whole town, and, you know, creates those ugly redeads that want to, you know, kind of hump you to death, I guess. And like he just picks up, moves on to Kakariko, and continues selling his shields for 80 rupees, and it's pretty nasty. You know, I I don't think I'd pick him, and let me tell you why, Taylor. It's still 80 rupees after seven years, but he has forgotten to include the price of inflation during that time. So is he really running his okay. business the best? Now, he's probably doing that to pass those savings on to his customers, which makes him a a good man running a business. But does it make him the best business owner? I'm not sure that it does. So who would you go with, the happy mass salesman, since he's a great investor? Absolutely. That, would, that is 100% who I would go with, is the happy mask salesman. If you don't give him his money, he's going to kill you. Literally. He'll, he'll yeah. take you out back and he'll stab you like a thousand times to get his money. This guy is cutthroat. question. He doesn't care if he has a, an evil mask that you know could potentially ruin the world. If he's going to make some dollars from it... He is gonna sell it. So this guy, this guy runs a business the way that I would run a business, cutthroat. Well, also to be fair, he also has a mask that's like the all-seeing, truthiness mask that can pretty much get information from a damn stone. So that's that's got to be useful in all in its own, you know. You think he might have learned all of his business tactics from the gossip stones? Probably not, since they don't tell you anything useful. Well, that's what you say, but I think other people might disagree. Anyway, go ahead. What do they tell you useful? Well, well, they do tell you some secret things about the Sheikah. They also tell you some secret things about the royal family, if I recall. I don't think that's useful when, when it comes to selling a business or running a business. That is also true. You know, they might mention some things about Decker Scrubs and how they run their business. Good call. I didn't even think of the Decker Scrubs. They might be a second uh, to Happy Mask Salesman and how they operate their business because they are likewise cutthroat. Damn, just no love for my bizarre shopkeeper. All right, well, I guess we can move on then. Drew and Domino's asks... If you had to smell like any one Zelda race, what would it be like? And we're assuming the worst here. He says, assume that the Ritos smell like a barn, Zora smell like fish. Uh, what do you think? What would you smell like? Cuckoo. Well, that's very, uh, it's a very quick, very odd answer. Care to explain yourself? Well, I mean, chickens... I don't know that chickens have a really particular smell. I mean, I, I guess I could assume that birds just smell like crap, but I don't know. I think, like, cuckoos, not only are they cute and friendly and all that kind of stuff, but, like, they're unassuming. So I figure that if they're unassuming just as creatures, maybe their smell 
if everybody was smelling like the worst of their race, would be, you know, less noticeable and less uh, likely to attract attention of the wrong sort. You know what I mean? Well, that, that's Unless, that's of course, there's a hero running around in a green tunic with a sword who somehow likes to cut up my brother. Yeah, if it was me, I'd make fried chicken out of you, and then you'd smell really good. Uh-huh, wait till I call my 9,999 brothers and sisters to attack you as you try and do that. Um... I would smell like a Goron. You want to smell like a rock? Well, yeah, you know, you're, you've got lava, you've got rocks. You smell like uh, barbecue briquettes. They'll smell good. You know, well, yeah, but it's assuming the worst. Well, I, I don't know. What's what's the like worst that a, a rock could smell like? if a cow had sat down on a ra- rock and just had a really bad case of the runs. Yeah, but that's smelling like a cow. I'm not going to let no cow poop on me. But you'd be a rock and you couldn't move. No, I'd be a Goron and I could move. Eh, rocks, Goron, same thing, right? I think that they would smell pretty decent. And, I mean, really, if you got if you got to smell too awful, you got the Goron Hot Springs. That's true. I, I think of the bunch, they'd probably smell the best. I mean, are you allowed to pick probably. Gerudo? You know what? Is that can you do that? Because I mean, they just probably smell normal. I guess technically Gerudos are a separate race or species, considering they have some very peculiar qualities to them. Yeah, I'd smell like a Gerudo. Hell yeah. Would you look like a Gerudo too? Uh, well, probably not, unless I was the one male born every hundred years. I'd be a, I'd be a pretty. Oh, God. Uh, I'd be a pretty ugly Gerudo, I think. Otherwise, uh, good God, let's move on. <laughs> Gooey is back. I heard it here first. And he asks, who is the biggest freak in the Zelda series? My instant Taylor, define, define freak for us. That... Uh, no, for, like... <laughs> okay, well, freak... Freak is, like, someone... I guess who is so like out of the box that everybody else can't even figure out where where they would put him or her or they. So I guess you could you could define it as someone who's just like so so odd or peculiar or out there. And you know what? I two people come to mind. First one immediately is Groose. And the second one, upon deeper reflection, is definitely the Happy Mass Salesman. Chris is a good answer. He's a freak in like a like a big Papa Pump, where my freaks at kind of way, you know. Yeah. Um, good answer with him. Uh, my answer, my answer would be uh, the the goddamn owl, and let me tell you why. What kind of psychopath automatically? has you select yes instead of no when you want to hear something again. That guy is the biggest freak in the Zelda series, bar none. Psychopath. Absolute psychopath. Hmm. So you'd say Kapoor Gabora in the streets and Happy Mask Salesman in the sheets? Uh, I wouldn't take either of them, actually. Definitely not Happy Mask Salesman. I wouldn't trust him. You'd probably ask for my rupees. 
Well, not only that, but he will send you to mysterious far-off dimensions that are apparently figments of a different reality in someone else's head made up by a silly mask he carries around. Uh, speaking of a silly mask that he carries around, Linktober asks, What would happen if Skull Kid, with Majora's Mask, got his hands on the fused shadows? And my answer would be bad shit. That's what. So, <laughs> this is funny, too, because I was trying to... When I saw this question... For some reason, in the back of my head, I was like, wait a minute. Can't the few shadows only be used by the tw- by the Tweely? Uh, you know, I can't recall. I, I think that you might be right, though. I was, like, I was going to look it up earlier. Unfortunately, I didn't have any time because, oh, man, birthday weeks are busy. But... Like, I, I could have sworn because, like, that the only reason Ganondorf was supposedly going to be able to use it was because he was going to use Zant to do it. And then, like, Link can't use the Fuse Shadow either for whatever reason because when Midna gets the pieces of it, like, he never he never gets anything out of it. It's always Midna who's using it. It's always a Tweelie you see using it. And I could have swore she said something about that. But either way, like it, let's say he could use it. Um, bad, bad I think shit. It would. That's what would happen. Yeah, I, I think it would take. It would definitely take the fierce deity in order to bring him down. And it may not even be enough at that point. Bad shit. Uh, Locke asks. Who is your favorite Hyrule War- Warriors character, and why is it Lana? And then he has a follow-up question. In what circumstances would you want to see Lana appear in the main series? I'm going to sit out on who my favorite Hyrule Warriors character is. I, I haven't played enough of that game to really give a, a good answer. Um, it just it didn't appeal to me whatsoever. It just kind of seemed like mindless hack-and-slash so I, I've I've only played it sporadically, like here and there. So I, I'm gonna sit that one out. I don't think anyone really has any question or doubt in their mind what which character is my favorite. Ugh. Uh, but to specifically answer Locke's question about why it's Lana, um, well, I I mean I guess she fulfills all the typical nerd fantasies of you know. Cute girl with a shyish personality who's very conflicted and is being haunted by evil in a really, actually, a fairly unique way in the fact that it's her spirit kind of split in two. But, uh, I don't know. I, she's a cool character. I think she's a lot of fun. She's definitely a fun pl- character to play in the game. Um, but she's, she's very, she's very typical anime girl and it's very odd to see in a Zelda-ish game. So I, you know, I I don't know if I'd ever call her my favorite. Um, I, I will also, I'm going to tell you this, Taylor, Young Link in Hyrule Warriors is what Young Link in Smash should be. Yeah, you know what? And I agree with you and everybody else when everybody says, Hey, do you wish like young Link could have Majora's Mask stuff and I just I, I can't give up my streak of shitting on young Link in this show. It it's been like 
10 episodes going here, and I, I can't give it up, so there you go. Street continued. Well, at least I still love him and play him and think he's a great character and deserves more love in the form of possibly updating his movesets to reflect a uh, more current version of him. Dude, if they updated his moveset, that... I will uh, I will do a complete 180 and get on the Young Link hype train. There we 100%. go. See? So 100%. you heard it here first, Nintendo. Give us some Majora's Mask moves and Smash Ultimate for Young Link. And Hell yeah. I will finally get to stop hearing Andy just dump all over, you know, an actually decent character. Hashtag do it for Taylor. Uh, so what, in what circumstances would you want to see Lana appear in the main series? I wouldn't. I'm sorry. But I, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's hard. I just don't think it, she it fits at to... all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like It goes back to my earlier statements and where, like, She's very much so a character that was designed to appeal to the traditional Dynasty Warriors players as well as possibly attract Zelda uh, fans. I assume that many, many Zelda fans are also coincidentally anime fans, but I don't really think the aesthetic... I don't don't know if I would uh, necessarily agree with that. I'm not an anime fan. Oh, Buddy, well, just because you aren't doesn't mean like a good chunk of people are. Well, I, I'm, I'm just saying aren't. it's probably not fair to say like most Zelda fans are anime fans. I, I I'm sure that well, there's not, a large I'm portion that are. That. I'm not saying that. I was just saying that there. I'm sure there is a significant portion. I'm, I'm sure that there's some. Yes. In any case, I think we both agree that Lana doesn't really quite fit. Yeah, get her out of here. I. Uh, Zelda. Delete. Yeah. Delete. Delete. Cat Vadam is back. She asks, you can spend one day in Hyrule. What would you do? Oh my god, what wouldn't I do? Uh, so this is tough, because, like, what Hyrule are we talking about here? Let's... Should we just assume that she's talking about Breath of the Wild? Well, for her, yeah. I, I think that Cat is a very Breath of the Wild orientated Zelda player, so let's assume that uh, Breath of the Wild's Hyrule is the one that she's referring to, just for the sake of simplicity. And man, what would you do? Um, I would, I would go to a spot in Hyrule. Maybe see. You only have one day though, so it's tough to say where you can get to and where you can't in that uh, in that time frame. I would try and go to a spot where I could see the dragons flying around. I think that would just be so cool. Um, the mountains come to mind. The snow, like the snow mountains and, and whatnot come to mind for me. Uh, like the Rito village? No. Um, the name is escaping me. It's on the other side of the... Uh, it's just above the uh, the jungle. Oh, the one that rains a lot and it has those giant waterfalls and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It's in like the the southeast portion of the map. Exactly. Um. So see see the dragons would be my uh my go to and maybe, I mean, assuming that all of the guardians are destroyed, check out Hyrule Castle. You know, I I think, I think that uh, that'd be so cool to like see all the old Zelda history. In uh, in Hyrule, 
because that's probably what I would do. But, it, man, it's tough because, like, you know, it, you, you feel like uh, there's not enough time for anything because I'd want to do everything. I'd want to. Well, I'd want to meet a, easier, a species, like one of each species. Well, let's make let's make it easy then. So, let's say for this question, we will get to do three major things, and it doesn't matter how far apart they are or whatever, because we'll use uh, shrine teleportation. Um, but we can only do three things because that's all we're gonna have time for. Okay. So what would be your three? Uh, visit Hyrule Castle, go and see the dragons, and check out a shrine. Some solid choices. I would pick... See the uh, the Temple of Time Ruins. I, I, I like My connection to Ocarina of Time is just is too much to not want to do that. Um see Rito Village because like just walking around in Rito Village in Breath of the Wild is just one of my favorite things to do it's just so cool and such a great atmosphere and it just looks so awesome um I I just really love it 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 really really speaks to me like if I if I had to live in um in Breath of the Wild's world I would probably try and live in the Rito Village uh and then third I would say um visit the Zora Zora's Domain. I think that's also similarly a really cool area. It would be a really good place for me to live, considering the fact that it looks like it would be cold as hell all the time. So I would I would say um I would say those three. I just I'd like to visit Zora's Domain. Alright. Uh Mido asks which Zelda character should become WWE Universal Champion? Groose. Groose. I mean Groose. It's got to be Groose. No other good answer. I will accept no other answer from you. I don't know that I can even think of another answer. Uh, you know, no, I, actually, no. I would say Ganondorf. No. No, no. Yeah, Ocarina of Time Ganondorf? He's pretty beefy, dude. Absolutely not. Set the Groose loose. Groose would demolish Ganondorf. He is the, he's the only, the only correct answer to this question. The big dog, oh Groose Daddy. Gooey's back. He I'm, asks. I'm sensing a. <laughs> I'm sensing a bias here. Gooey asks, "Should Tingle get another game?" Yeah. Yes. Sure. I wish that they would Absolutely. release uh, his other games. Stateside. Oh, was his yeah his his two or th- was it two or three? Uh, it's, it's at least two, it's, it's three. It, it, I, it might even be four. I know there, there is a ton of those weird Tingle games. Um. Yeah, cool, because Tingle is supremely popular in Japan. Like, he's, he's not, <laughs> he's less of a joke there, and he's just super, super adored. Like, people just love him in Japan. And that, in the West, everybody's that is horrifying. like, oh, this guy's weird. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's cultural differences and the way people appreciate different things and what people find funny and what people find charming, I guess. Uh, the the question, though, the answer is definitely yes. I think more Zelda games are always a good thing. I am down for any kind, any kind of Zelda game, as we touched on last week, to be released. So, uh, yeah, Tingle. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. 
I also think his games are so wacky and so out there that it's just a refreshing change of pace. Uh, Spiritual Mask Salesman asks, Do you think the rumor of a new 2D Zelda title, Link's Reawakening, is really in the works? Or do you put more stock into the other rumors like Skyward Sword HD or a game reusing Breath of the Wild's assets? So let's break this down into three parts. Um, do you think the rumor of a new 2D Zelda title, Link's Reawakening, is really in the works? I, I, yes, I've I been don't. saying that for like a year now. I, I disagree. I think that if if this game were to come out, it would have already came out before the 3DS was mostly put out to pasture. Because I think that this would be a 3DS title. Um, I really do. And of course, I would absolutely love to be proven wrong. But I think that this is just a fan rumor that, that caught fire. There was never... There was never really any any fire to go along with all the smoke that I can think of. So I, I just, I think it's that a thing that fans really want, but I, I don't think that it's going to happen. I don't disagree with you, but I do think it's going to happen. I believe that for, you know, a year and some change now, or well, six or seven months, however long it was the, when the rumor first started. But I've always wanted a Link's, re, uh, Link's Awakening remake, um, or at least an HD update, a la Ocarina of Time 3DS and Majora's Mask 3DS. And I think that like now, now is a good time for Zelda to take advantage of the fact that 2D Zelda is not dead, as I stated in an episode or two ago. Well, here, here's the and premise, though. That... Is this a Switch game or a 3DS game? Who cares? No, I mean, reali- like, answer the question, though. If, if you think realistically it is going to happen and it's not something that you just want, then... Yes, at this point it would be a Switch game. We've okay. already been over that. Okay. So, put it, putting so, yes, aside I the fact that, that you want it, what makes you think that they're... Well, like, what, what reason to have... Or what reasons would you would you kind of give to, you know, put some heft behind that you think it's happening? So, be, first off, because they've been remaking a ton of Zelda games. We got Ocarina of Time, we got Majora's Mask, we got Twilight Princess, we got Wind Waker. I mean, you know, if they're covering all the 3D games, great. We already, you and I and Allison and uh, Kat and everybody agree that Skyward Sword is... Almost 100% guarantee getting a remake. And I think that now that we're we're kind of completing the 3D cycle, it seems only right that we start revisiting some of the 2D titles, especially since I think the Switch is, is a system that is just as good and just as perfect for for those uh, remakes as as the 3DS was for uh, for uh, Majora's Mask and Ocarina. I you know what I hope I hope that you're right but I just I I don't see it happening. Um, one thing that as you just mentioned I think we we both see happening is Skyward Sword HD. So I I completely completely trust the uh, the rumors and the rumblings about that. Uh, this one does have some fire to the smoke and as we've said before in previous episodes i think you're going to see this in 2019 
So let's move on to the last part about this. Is a game reusing Breath of the Wild's assets in development? No, I don't think Breath of the Wild is going to get a Majora's Mask. It's Like, probably. I'm sure that there's going to be a, a sequel that's, like you said, the Majora's Mask to the Breath of the Wild here. I think it'll get a sequel, but I don't think it's gonna it's gonna do what Majora's Mask did and just reuse a whole bunch of assets and then create a few new ones that look a little different, update the textures, and give you a new story. I think um, Breath of the Wild was such a big experiment that they will take everything that they've learned from developing Breath of the Wild and all the uh, critiques both positive and negative for for the series for the sorry for the game and they will create a sequel that will not only ex- exceed what Breath of the Wild did but also like just take it so much further beyond like I think Nintendo has you know they were they were so hesitant with some of the things that they did in Breath of the Wild but they they did some crazy things considering the series it comes from so i i can see nothing and now that they've learned from their from their successes and their mistakes i think that there's nowhere to go but up from here for nintendo and zelda um so to answer the question without kind of just talking about yes obviously they're going to make a new zelda game um i i do think that they will reuse breath of the wilds assets to a certain extent I think that you'll see the map more or less reused. Um, tweaked, obviously, maybe some new areas here and there. But I, I do think that uh, the, the foundation was laid with Breath of the Wild. And the, a, new, a new sequel to that game will definitely use it, the structure that Breath of the Wild built, as the, uh, the foundation for that. So, um, yes. I, do I think it's coming imminently? No. I would say maybe like 2020 or 2021, uh, which is why I think that we're getting Skyward Sword HD to hold us over. But uh, I think it's probably fair to say that they are working on that. Yeah. I also definitely say it's going to be in the Switch's lifetime. Yeah, I think so too. Gooey Fame asks, what would you change about your least favorite Zelda game that could make it your favorite Zelda game? Now, Taylor... Oh, God. I'm going to go first, and depending on how into this you want to get... I know why you, you saved get, this for last. Yes. Depending on how into this you want to get... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go first, and let's, and let's see, because we have a surprise for you guys next week that has a lot to do with this. But I'm going to say do my it. least favorite Zelda games, everybody listening to this show knows, are the DS games, uh, Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass both. I I hate the stylus controls. I just I hate them. I can't say enough how much they just ruin the experience for me. Make them control normally with your joystick and that would eliminate so many of my issues with those particular titles. It's it's not that they're bad games. They're not. But when the worst part about playing a Zelda game is actually playing that Zelda game, it, it's not good. And that's why I, you know what, I, look, are they objectively worse than, let's say, Zelda 2 Adventure of Link? 
probably not. That's that you know that's a worse game, right? But when yeah. when you factor in what could have been and what should have been with the DS titles, to me that makes them the worst because they're they're disappointing. Whereas Adventure of Link was a product of its time and it did the best it could with what it had. These ones, I think that this is Nintendo trying to be too cute. You know, it's it's them trying to say, you know, oh, we've got this cool touchscreen thing, and now we're gonna force you to use it. It, it would be it would be like if they released, you know, a, a Zelda game on the 3DS that you could only play if you had 3D on all the time. Is that going to be as fun if you have to be upright, rigid, looking dead center at the screen with your 3D on all the time? Or would you rather just play the game? So change the change the controls. Make them, make them normal. And I think those games would be a lot better. You know, I completely agree with you on that. I think that gameplay, well, just about everything... But a Zelda game needs to be good, needs to be solid, almost perfect, like Ocarina of Time, not like Wind Waker. So, I'm going to take a page out of your book, Andy. I'm going to say, the thing I would change about Wind Waker, that would make it my favorite Zelda game, is to delete it from existence. Well, if it was deleted from existence, it couldn't be your favorite Zelda game. Well, there's nothing that can make Wind Waker my favorite Zelda game, so that's going to have to do. Uh, I know the answer. You change the art style for you, and then you'd like it. As much as you don't want to admit that, that's what it is. And we're going to get into that next week, because I am finally going to take Taylor Wells to task for his irrational hatred of the Wind Waker. So you can look forward to that. Are we going to be screaming at each other? Probably. Are we going to be friends after that? Uh, maybe. But it's going to be an exciting show. A lot of people have been asking for it uh, for a long time. So we're, we're finally going to do it next week. You're going to you're gonna say why you hate the Wind Waker. You're going to make your case. And uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you. Because we've talked about it in private before. And I'm not convinced that you hate the Wind Waker for the reasons that you say you do. So that's going to be next week. Definitely don't miss out on that. You want to talk about who should become WWE Universal Champion? You tune into that for sure. Um, (laughs) So yeah, get ready for that, Taylor. You ready, pal? Boy, I was born ready, and there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can think that is ever, ever going to get through to me on this. Wind Waker is cheeks tear. For Zelda games. Still a good game, because all Zelda games are good, but it sucks. Okay. Well, that was a really nice uh, Britney Spears song that you just sung for us there. We're going to be battling next week. He's going to get his birthday bumps a week late, so make sure that you tune in next week. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Champions Cast. Uh, Head on over to iTunes. Head on over to Podbean like subscribe comment all of that good stuff we really appreciate all the support uh head on over to twitter i am at spateri316 taylor is at gif underscore bluehawk we're out of here this week make sure you tune in next week because it is going to be the fight of a lifetime until then see you guys